Hello, welcome to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Happy Friday to you all. Today's show, we're just going to do a little bit of mailbag questions. There's not a lot of news going on in Penguin land right now. And wow, as I'm scrolling Twitter, this is, well, right as I say that, I cannot believe this has actually happened. The Penguins are trading Nick Bukestad to the Minnesota Wild. So that is actually perfect timing. Right as I start recording this, they have big, big news to make. So, you know, that'll take up this first segment here. So it looks like Nick Bukestad is going to the Minnesota Wild. I am waiting to see what the return is here. So let's really see what happened here. Apparently Michael Russo is saying it's for a conditional seventh round pick. Are you kidding me? That's just, wow. I mean, I know Nick Bukestad has been really, really banged up these last couple of years. He's not even been in the lineup due to multiple injuries. He had that core muscle injury, of course, as you guys remember. But, I mean, you're telling me you could only get a conditional seventh round pick for him? His value was that low? I mean, thanks to Billy Guerin for taking on his salary. But, I mean, that's just... I figured you could have gotten at least a fourth or fifth round pick for him. I mean, he's been a 20-goal scorer in this league before. You're telling me his value really plummeted that low? That's just a little weird to me. I'm not really sure um, why he only got a seventh round pick for him. So, I mean, that's just, I'm really confused by that. Also looking here as I'm scrolling Twitter, apparently the Penguins have also retained salary in this deal. Um, Really, really hoping it's not a lot of salary. So, um, that has not been tweeted out yet. Um, if it's like 40% or something like that, um, that this trade just looks pretty, pretty shitty. Um, if it's like 20, 25%, I'm not really going to give a shit to be honest with you guys. But I mean, for bigger picture guys, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, this had to be done. I mean, like I just said, he's been banged up. He was not going to be in the lineup this coming season. I know you guys have seen John Rutherford's comments like, oh yeah, you know, he just gives us another option for the third line center spot. He gives us another option in the lineup. It's like, Jim, we all know you're going to deal him. You don't need to try to save face here and try to just say, you know, oh yeah, he's going to be in the lineup because we, he, we knew he wasn't. I mean, that's $4 million. Well, it's not going to be the full $4 million off the salary cap. It's probably going to be at least... Hopefully $3 million. Like I said, if they're retaining 25% of the salary, it's not that bad. But if you're retaining like half of that salary, like $2 million of it, or you're retaining like $2.5 million somehow, that just that makes the trade look really, really shitty. So, I mean, this had to be done though. It, for, it, there's going to be a lot more changes coming. You know, of course, hopefully with Jack Johnson and potentially Patrick Hornquist, Matt Murray, all that. This one had to be done because now I think the dominoes may really start to fall for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And um, what does this mean now for the third line center situation? This, I think, folks, just means that Jerry McCann is your third line center going to next season. Unless they dump him too and they get a third line center in return or they sign someone like Craig Smith in free agency. But, you know, Jim Rutherford was always talking about how Nick Beekstad could be the third line center next year. We haven't really seen a lot of him just because he's been so banged up. Well, now he's gone, and now your only option right now with the team, unless you bring someone in and you deal McCann, is Jared McCann for that third-line center spot. There's really no one else on, thing on this team right now that can be your third-line center besides him. So, um, always looking right now, Jared McCann will probably be the third-line center next season. There's actually a mailbag question um, later on in this podcast, which we'll talk about who I think is going to be the third-line center, even though I kind of just teased it. But we're, we're still going to answer that anyway. But, you know, what a way to start this podcast episode. I did not think right as I started recording that I would be talking about a trade because I started scrolling Twitter right as I was recording. But, you know, here we are. I'm glad. You know, this this is what you do. This is what you live for. So I'm really excited that a trade actually broke as right as I started recording. 
But anyways, um, in case any Minnesota Wild fans listen to this podcast or, you know, Locked on Wild sends some people over here to listen to this podcast, um, what you guys are getting, Nick Bukestad, he's a player that can play center, he can play wing, he can play up and down your lineup. Um, when healthy, this is a 15 to 20 goal scorer, I think. I mean, he, sh- he showed plenty of potential with the Panthers. He was honestly pretty fine when the Penguins got him during the 2018-19 season. I thought... I think he was that third line in the playoffs was Simone and Hornquist next to Bukestad was their best line against the Islanders, even though um, they didn't score as much, but they dominated possession. They were just hemming the Islanders in their own zone every time they went out there. But, you know, when he's healthy and when he's on, he's a solid contributor. And, you know, Billy Garen's taking a chance on, on him. He was here when Jim Rutherford originally acquired Nick Bukestad. So, of course, the, familiar, the familiarity with Bukestad is there with Billy Garen. So, and this is also the second trade they've made together. That is Billy Guerin and Jim Rutherford. So, you know, also kind of glad that Jim is um, going to former colleagues and saying, hey, you know what, you want to help me out here and just basically take back a player who's just been really, really banged up and he's, there's not going to be a place for him in our lineup and you guys can just have him in your lineup because you, you we all know your team is rebuilding and just retooling and it sounds like Nico Koivu may not even be back for the Wild next year. So, you know, maybe Nick Bukestad could be that Nico Koivu replacement. Uh, you know, probably not, but, you know, maybe he could help replace Miko Koivu since it sounds like he may not be back with Minnesota next year. But, you know, otherwise, you know, he can kill penalties. Maybe you put him on your second power play unit. But, you know, in any case, this is a player who can also drive possession, as I just talked about. You know, during the regular season, 2018-19, 52% Corsi percentage. His stamina was around 52%. The season before that, it was hovering around there as well, about 52.3%. And that was also coming off two bad years with the Panthers in 2015-16, 2016-17. His Corsi final percentage around 49%, 46%. I mean... His 2015-16 season, 15 goals. He, he's had that one 24-goal season in 2014-15, though that's a long ways back. But, I mean, he 2017-18, he had a full 82-game regular season, 19 goals, 49 points. You know, if the Wild can get that version if Nick Bukestad back, and I'm skeptical that Nick Bukestad can get back to that level and also stay healthy, then they'll come out of this trade looking really, really good. But, you know, a buddy, King Clark, who has asked plenty of mailbag questions uh, for this podcast. He did not ask one for one today. But, you know, he tweeted out, I would be surprised if something else doesn't come in the near future after a pure cap dump like that. So, I mean, I, I definitely see where he's coming from, through with that. You know, this is a pure salary cap dump for the Penguins, even though I don't think the return is that good. But like I just said, guys, in the grand scheme of things, this is not going to matter as long as they actually use the cap space to fully retool the team and bring in players that speed and skill that are not slow that don't hinder your chances to win like a Jack Johnson you know you just you have to use your cap space wisely they may or not be a a cap team going into the season there's been conflicting reports of course with Joshua and Rob Rossi and then there's been other reports you know with VK Pittsburgh Sports saying that they will be a cap team who knows but you know as King Clarkie said there could be another move in the near future after a pure cap dump like this and just remember guys Matt Murray is also going to be dumped. That's going to be, I think, about $4 million in cap space dumped right there. The Penguins are, I mean, they can't really retain his salary um, anyway because he was a restricted free agent, so that really wouldn't make any sense. But he, there's good clear cap space with that. You have Patrick Hornquist. That's $5.3 million right there. You can cut ties with him. Potentially Jack Johnson. That's $3.25 million right there. If you want to cut ties with him, hopefully they will. There's a lot of players on this team that they can cut ties with that really will just give them a lot of salary cap cap flexibility. And so I will be curious to see if there is a corresponding move that's coming in the near future for this team where they bring a player in. But, 
you know, this is the first domino. Well, not the first domino. This is the next domino to fall for the Penguins offseason. Overall thoughts again on the trade. Wish they could have gotten a better return back. I think a conditional seventh round pick and salary retained is a pretty big joke for the Penguins. I still think they could have gotten a fourth or fifth round pick at least in return for him. But, you know, it's whatever. It's a mute point now. I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, this is Jim Rutherford's worst trade of all time. Oh, the summer of suckage from Jim Rutherford continues. It's just you don't need to judge the trade like that. This is a pure salary cap dump, folks. What happens after this will really be telling uh, for Jim Rutherford as far as his offseason retooling for this team goes. So I think that's basically all my thoughts on the trade for that. And, you know, I'll just close it up with this. If they're retaining a good portion of Bukestad's salary, then, you know, that's just kind of another big L. It really needs to be only 20 to 25% if that, if you're retaining salary. You know, you can't be retaining like 2 million, like half of his salary. I think it's like, like I said, a $4.1 million cap hit for his last season. If you're retaining 2 million or something like that, that's just stupid. So, you know, really hoping that's not the case. I'm seeing some reports out there that that may be the case. If that's so, Jim, uh, that's pretty, pretty stupid of you, but whatever. I guess, you know, like I said, we'll really see what Jim Rutherford is made of with the next corresponding moves. But, you know, I tell you guys what's not stupid, and that's trying Bill Bar. There's six new amazing flavors. Three of them are the caramel brownie, the cookies and cream, and the carrot cake. The Bill Bars are healthy. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for Ketco diet. My One of my favorite flavors is still the cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. We've reset the promo code for this relaunch. You get a free cooler with purchase while surprise last. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Wow, that first segment was a lot of fun to do. And, you know, I just, I love when a trade breaks right as I start to record. So, okay, that's the last time I'm going to say that. But for this segment, we're just going to do a couple mailbag questions. There weren't too many that came in this week, but there were a couple that I did want to answer. So we're going to do that. And then we'll just talk about the conference finals and just end with that for the week, I guess. So let's just get on into the couple mailbag questions for this episode. All right, so Jesse Malachy, so Jerry Malachy13 asks, who do you predict will be the Penguins' third-line center when the puck drops next season? So I kind of alluded to this in the first segment. Um, it, I think it's going to be Jared McCann. Um, I really don't think they're going to trade him. I know that they're testing the market for him right now. And understandably so, you know, Jim Rutherford wants to see what he can maybe get for him. I wouldn't trade him. I've said it many times on this podcast and on my Twitter. And I'm going to say it again. Get him two competent line mates and let's ride. Just let's freaking ride with Jared McCann and two competent line mates and really see what he's made of. He put up good possession numbers this past season. Yeah, I know his numbers tanked a bit, not his underlying numbers, but you know, his goals, his assists, his points, and all that after the new year started. We all know that. But his shooting percentage was, I think, the main culprit with that. It just tanked. He was getting the chances, but you know. It's just the puck was not going in for him. I know he had that really, really bad series against the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, virtually almost every Penguin had a bad series against them. But, you know, I would just, I would stick it with it with McCann. Give him maybe $3.5 million per. I think that's as high as I would go. $4 million, you're pushing it. I don't think they should give him $4 million. 3 to 3.5 is what I would do right now. And how long for a turn? Three to four years. I mean, I don't think they're gonna like bridge him and do like a two-year deal, but I could really see them doing like a three to four year four-year deal for him at around the three to three point five million range. But I really do think Jared McCann is going to be back next season. If not, I talked about this, you know, right after the season ended, I could see them 
signing Craig Smith in free agency. I can see them dealing McCann out and bringing someone else in to be the third line center. Please not Max Domi. I really do not need to see Max Domi on this team. We all know why it could happen with Ty Domi's um, ties to Mario Lemieux, just with the ownership and all that. So, yeah, that please do not do that, Jim Rutherford. That would just be a total big L for you. But, yeah, I definitely really see them keeping McCann, and I think he is going to be the third line center going into next season. But um, last question, Alan T. Yoder, who has also asked mailbag questions. What is your favorite piece of Penguins memorabilia that you have, like a jersey, hat, pucks, bobbleheads, cards, etc.? Man, that is... That's a good question, man. Um, I'm trying to think. I think my best one, I have this signed. Um, there's a, it's a picture from the 2009 final in my room. Uh, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Jordan Saul, Marc-Andre Fleury with all their signatures on it. Um, that's probably my favorite one. And it's, they don't have the Stanley Cups right, not, right next. It's not right next to them, but it's just all four of them together. That's one of my favorite Penguins memorabilia that I have. There's also a baby Mario Lemieux and baby Wayne Gretzky picture that I have. Just both of them just like shooting the puck at the net and just like almost looking at each other. I love that. Got a few signed pucks from a couple Penguin players. Uh, my mom has a bunch of like weedy stuff from the 90s cereal, like Penguin cereal. She has a couple signed pucks. I mean, one of them is Paul Coffey, who was her favorite player of all time for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I have that. I have also a bit, like a big City of Champions picture just with Mellon Arena in the background. Um, like them, the team hoisting the Stanley Cup. So uh, that was probably my favorite memorabilia that I have. Like I said, my favorite one, though. Is definitely the picture with Stahl, Flurry, Crosby, Malkin, and all their signatures next to um, their faces on it. And before we do get to the next segment, there's no more mailbag questions. I do want to say so the retained salary finally came out as I'm recording this, and apparently it's 50% on Nick Bukestad's contract, so that's two million. I think it's 2.05 million. Jim, buddy, what are you doing? I mean. I know I, I didn't really defend the trade in the first segment, but I did say, you know, it's not really the end of the world. It's mostly just a salary dump. And it, it basically is, that's what it is. But still, I mean, $2 million retaining salary in a seventh-round pick, I mean, that's just that's just not good, man. That's just not bad asset manager. You could have gotten a better return from that. I know the big thing with this, guys, is cap space. There could be a big corresponding move coming in the future. But it's just like, I mean... Come on, 50% of his salary. I mean, it had to be like 20 to 25%, as I just said a few minutes ago. That's just unacceptable to me. But I will say this as well, guys. I mean, I think you're going to see more similar trades like the one Jim Rutherford just pulled off from other teams where, you know, teams that are kind of trying to save money because of, you know, with the COVID situation and all that, they're going to try to just dump some salary but also have to retain some because I don't think teams are going to want to take on a whole bunch of salary this offseason. So, I mean, there's there's that counterpoint to it. But still, I mean, I would have rather than just retain 25 to 30% of it or something like that. I think 50% is just a bit too much for my taste at least. But, you know, I think I'm basically done talking about the trade. But, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed those mailbag answers. Uh, coming up in this next segment, we're just going to talk about the conference finals, and then we're just going to end the episode for the week. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. So, I mean, this Western Conference final is getting good, guys. I mean, the stars in me there are fully back to their defensive ways. And um, last night, it was a fun game to watch. I was mostly watching the NFL, though, just because, you know, having football back is just absolutely spectacular. I mean, I love watching football. But, you know, once that game got to be a blowout because the Chiefs were just dumping on the Texans like it was nothing, you know, the Texans really could use a number one wide receiver, guys. But, I mean, I ended up flipping over to the Vegas-Dallas game. And, you know, Vegas is in for actual really tough series here. I know they were pushed to seven by the Canucks, but you know, they were going to get goalied if anything, if they lost that series. It wasn't because Vancouver was outplaying them. It was because they literally had God in net for like 
three straight games. So, I mean, that really would have been the only reason that they lost. They outplayed Vancouver like it was nothing. I thought Vegas outplayed Dallas for most of last night. But, you know, Alexander Radulov in overtime, like 30 seconds in, that is just a gorgeous shot. I mean, the leg kick especially. Just There was only really one spot he could have put that puck, and he put it right past Leonard, stick side. Just a gorgeous, gorgeous shot by Radulov. The Stars are now up two games to one. And, you know, I said Vegas in seven at the beginning. I'm going to stick with that. And I said Dallas was going to give them a fight. And they're sure giving them a fight right now. This is the best team that Vegas has faced this postseason by a mile. I mean, I know if they win this, they're probably going to get Tampa in the Stanley Cup final, which would be an even better team than they just faced in Dallas. And Tampa, as I'm recording this right now, it's one-to-one at the first intermission with the Islanders. We're going to get to that series in just a second. But... I mean, this is this is a tough series for Vegas. I know, you know, the Marc-Andre Fleury stuff. Oh, let, Leonard let in a goal 30 seconds in overtime. Should Marc-Andre Fleury get the start? No, guys, he shouldn't. Robin Leonard played really, really good last night. He did get hurt towards the late stages of that game. It did not look good. I mean, he really didn't move on that goal, which kind of scared me a bit. But I'm hoping it's nothing really serious. I'm hoping he gets the start in next game. Um, I really don't think you're going to see Marc-Andre Fleury in this conference final unless Leonard just absolutely stinks or if he's really, really hurt. So they're going to ride Leonard. I think, honestly, they're going to extend him. David Pagnot of the fourth period had a report today that it sounds like they're going to sign him to a five-year, $25 million deal. Leonard refuted that, saying, you know, I don't know why we're talking about this during the season. Nothing's been agreed to. Um, But so, guys, it would not surprise me if Robin Leonard is signed by the Vegas Golden Knights um, after the season, whenever that is. So, Game 4 is tomorrow night. I'm gonna expe- I think Vegas is going to win Game 4 to tie up the Series of 2 to make it a best of 3. But, you know, when Dallas is playing this good defensively, it's going to be very, very tough for Vegas to score. I think Hudobin is going to get the net again. He looked pretty banged up last night. I don't think Ben Bishop is ready to go yet. But if Ben Bishop is ready to go at any point, he is going to get his net back, I would think. So, that's that on that series. Um, the Islanders-Tampa series, like I just said, is going on right now. 1-1, Cal Clutterbuck scored. If you allow Cal Clutterbuck to score, he should honestly automatically forfeit the game. That was only his second goal of the playoffs. Um, the Islanders have come out pretty decent tonight, but I think Tampa has had the better of the play through the first period, and then uh, Mikhail Sergachev was able to tie the game um, against the Islanders going into the intermission. Now, the Islanders ended up starting Varlamov. They also took out Casey Sezegas for some reason. He's their best player on the fourth line, so, I mean, I don't really know why they decided to take him out. I know... Andrew Ladd is also out. I don't know why Barry Trotz played <laughs> in Game 3. That was a very brain-dead decision, but Derek Broussard is back in the lineup, and I think Dal Cole is also in the lineup. So, yeah, I mean, Barry Trotz's roster decisions lately have been kind of meh, and he's done a pretty good job uh, this postseason with his roster decisions and getting the Islanders to where they are, but, I mean, you don't scratch Derek Broussard when he's been one of your better players for freaking Andrew Ladd, and you don't take Casey Zizekis out, who's had a really good playoffs as well, and he's driving possession. You don't take him out for Dal Cole or whatever, who else they're putting in, like I just said. So that that's just really stupid in my opinion. But um, I think that will wrap up this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I know it's a bit shorter um, than some of the episodes that we've done in the past, but we'll be back next week for five episodes. Um, really great that we got to have the Nick Bukestad trade break uh, right as I'm recording. That was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, we'll be back on Monday with fresh new episodes for the Locked On Penguins podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Watch some hockey. Watch some football. It's great that football's back. Just watch all the sports you can. And we will be back on Monday with a new episode. I will talk to you all then.